0: Good evening, one and all. Welcome once again. We're back, it's episode 45 of the Reignacters' Ramble, and I am joined by the wonderful Andy Jones. How are you, sir? Hey, good evening, old boy. Yes, it's been a very nice day today. Cloudless outside, as
1: ever this week. Fantastic. I'm a man with a tan. I've been in the park this weekend, running around with a Nerf gun. Awesome.
0: That's what it's all about. British summertime at the moment, before the... Uh, the event season kicks in, obviously 28 degrees, wait. hottest hottest it's been in the UK mm. this year so far. And we're heading into my first reenacting weekend of the Pray year. Pray tell. Pray tell. Where's that? That is, we're up in, we're past Edinburgh, a long way into to Bonnie Scotland, a little place called Duncan. It's, it's a fairly small event. It's a multi-period event. We're only there mm-hmm. for the day, but hey-ho, do you know what? It's an opportunity to put some kit on. The woods look remarkably like the woods around uh, Ooster and Wolf Hayes. So I'm very excited to get up there, take some pictures, try and recreate some of those scenes with some of the weapons that we've bought. We've not been able to use yet. I've got the brem. We've got uh, we've got a piet that we've never had pictures taken. We've got a blank firing two-inch mortar that we've never used. So watch this space. Looking forward to getting using some of those things. And hopefully I come back with all 10 digits uh, on my fingers after playing around with that two-inch mortar. Do you know what? It's frightening because...
1: We've all, I'm not going to use the word played because it's not the right terminology, but we've all had a go at these, these apparatus of war, Either would be blank firing Ties. this or that, and it, you know, I've, I've been, I've been a bazooka man. It fright, it's frightening stuff when you're stuffing that bloody round in the back and you are getting the wires and you put them into the connectors and you're thinking, is that actually live? Oh, Have you God. made sure it's clicked off or not? And it does make me, uh, it makes me sick. Oh, look, I've got a visitor
0: are <laughs> oh, you getting fired by a nerf gun there are you Andy uh,
1: something like that I think where's he, the production
0: uh, value here they sh- you should have security on the door there Andy we're big time now you should have security on the door the point is we, we always have done but I think they've got a little bit lapsadaisy actually got a bit uh, lapsadaisy
1: daisy. they've got a bit oh, um, what it's called laxadaisical
0: anyway let's move on of. from lapsadaisies yeah. anyway look at this anyway what have we got another collection a mark 3 hey Helmet, and it is a Mark III, do you know how yeah. you can tell? Go on. Rather than a Mark IV. Mm-hmm. The studs. They're in a is di- that what oh, it is? They're in a different oh. position on there, and the screw on the top is slightly different as well. Ah, oh, I Guess have one. paint is there, I believe, anywhere. Go on. Uh, anti-gas, well, gas awareness, awareness um, detection. Anti-gas Pins. Oh, yeah, Pins. so it'll Pins. obviously change colour. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah, you see a few helmets painted in it. So, yeah, nice little purchase for the week.
1: That's lovely. I've got one in the loft. Somebody gave me, um, but we've got uh, a, a mark of knowledge one, oh, I'll be able to oh find 3 We'll
0: find, we'll find out. out now, now with that knowledge about the stud on the top and on the mm-hmm. side, you'll be able to find it. There we go. But stud. yes, first weekend. Do you know what? It's like you wait for a, a, an event for a year and a half and all of a sudden there's just so many of them. It's one yeah. this weekend, Dunkaran. Um, then the weekend after I've got a little local event. Again, nothing big, but just a local one around the road at a local railway then we've got East Kirkby coming up. We've got Arnhem coming up. We've got Critch coming up. Mm. There's, there's so many small little events, and I just can't wait to get stuck into them. Fantastic. Is it Critch or Critch? Critch, Critch, Crash, Crish. I'm not sure. Somebody can enlighten us. I've never been. I'm looking forward to potentially uh, going. So You'll enjoy it. We shall see. But anyway, we, we have just been on Facebook Live and Instagram Live, and we have announced the mm-hmm. lucky winner um, of two T-shirts for you and a pal. Uh, with our competition that we ran uh, for the last seven days now if you go to Instagram or Facebook you can watch that to see that we didn't cheat uh, and the winner of the competition is the one and only civil war not 1861 so if you are listening and you have seen the video please do get in touch well done uh, we will get your t-shirt uh, and additional t-shirt posted out to you to give to you and a buddy and hopefully yeah. you'll send some lovely pictures back of you wearing it and we'll run another competition again very, very soon. But thank you for your entries, everybody. Very much appreciated. Fantastic. It was well done. And on to more pressing matters for today's episode, where we're, we're still answering a couple of questions. Go, Go on. Andy looked a little bit concerned there for a second.
1: No, no, it was um, just the wheel of the wheel of steel as it went around it. Definitely. I don't think the <laughs> yeah. Facebook
0: worked, but you were certainly live on uh, Instagram. We got so it, fun. we got it there. We got it in the we, end. We picked a winner anyway. So uh, today's uh, today's episode, it comes from a question um, from one of our Instagram followers, Dark Attitude 66 um, And we were looking through the questions again, and this one was, was quite an interesting one to us, because it got us debating before we selected the actual um, uh, questions. So we thought, well, Ooh. why not talk about the one that we've just been debating? So this question has, uh, I guess, a main heading, and it has sub-questions underneath, which almost formulate the... Uh, the plan and the foundations of our episode. So the the premise of this episode is, how do people who reenact another country's troops feel about it? And as part and a caveat of this question, there are several subheadings. Do they feel awkward Mm. around their own veterans? Um, Do they reenact their country's enemy? How do their own families feel about this? How do their friends feel about this? What was their motivation for reenacting a different country? do they ever get negative comments? When did this attitude change? So lots of questions from Dark Attitude 66, just about the idea of portraying a soldier from a nation that isn't where you are, your birth are, you know, where you're from or where you live potentially, and just generally why and your experiences in, in doing so. Yeah. Um,
1: I think Dark Attitude, his background, without him getting it wrong, he reenacted German. Or has done. He's done 101st Airborne, like the rest of us. Whoa! Uh, American uh, Rangers. uh, British. And RAF. So this person's got a full deck, full suite. Um, And kind of, I guess, got a motivation for everything. Every one of them. Me, personally, I have mine. But before I go into that, what about you, Richie? I mean, what's what's your general idea about uh, people who reenact a different nation
0: i mean first and foremost there's, there's no right and wrong right you know i think ultimately this this is Good a hobby call. um mm-hmm. it's a hobby that you can we talked about it before it's an escape right you can you can leave your daily life and i think one of the attractions why people reenact another country is because it's an escape from daily life and i think you feel different about it at different times of your life yeah. that we will come into a little bit later on the episode. But I certainly think the initial reasoning for that is because the hobby allows you to be somebody else. It allows you to be your heroes. It allows you to, um, to step out of everyday life and perhaps a different country is a little bit more exotic. You know, we go on a holiday, we see, you know, what's it like you get off, you know, it's like you, you get out of the airport on holiday and, and the, the roads are different. The vehicles are different. You know, they drive on the different side of the road. Yeah. You know, everything's different. And this, this unfamiliarity is, is very, you know, uh, attractive, to, to you in general. And I think that just goes for life. You see something different. It's like, oh wow, look at that. And I think that that's to a degree similar in the reenacting world. You know, we were all, a lot was brought up with dad's army and home guard and, you know, just post-war British kit, family and doing national service, you know, mm. that sort of stuff. And again, we saw band of brothers, we talk about this all the time, but I guess the premise of my, my initial thoughts and feelings around this are just that, if you can be anybody you want to be in the whole world initially i'm not talking about how my feelings are now but i understand initially if you can be anybody you want in the world and it's contrary to what we talk about in the last few episodes but people want to be spears they want to be dick winters they want to be um captain james miller you know they want to be these people because it's like it's i'm not going to say it starts off as um what is that word beginning with a c <laughs> it's like fancy dress what do they do cosplayer cosplay it's like cosplay isn't it? you know to a degree yeah. so anyway mm-hmm. maybe not just beginners but in general it, maybe that's where it starts but then you know yeah uh,
1: my motivation um going back to oh i reckon it was 1984 maybe even soon less than that you know shirley's show st helens just outside of liverpool um walking around this big Display this uh, showground, you know you've got the the Morris dancers, you've got the the kids doing the dance set, and a jeep goes past, and the jeep's laden with all these guys in American uniform. At that time, I didn't know what they were wearing, either Vietnam or World War Two, but was so impressed with it, and then went and seek them out, and I now know it was Vietnam because I've seen the footage that my dad took on the camera, and it was just that kind of, oh my god, they look like they've just come out of a movie. You know, mm-hmm. and of course, you, you know, grew up with films, and for me, it was that appeal. Um, that was the first thing. Then we just go forward. I'm in the um, cadets. I'm in the tank regiment, and I'm given some kit to go away with the weekend, and they gave me some webbing. You know, World War Two canvas webbing, as it was told. I was told, and I went home. My dad put it together. He did national service. He knew what he was doing, and this this stuff had. Bren gun pouches. It had water bottle, you know, the whole thing. And I was given this kiss. And most importantly, on the back of this was a tin mug. And you know what? Was it brown or white? It was brown, actually. Good. And it was jangling around. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking, what the hell is this? And I I went away with this webinar for the weekend. And I wanted to take it off. And the, uh, the sergeant was like, you're not taking that off. (laughs) <laughs> i was like why <laughs> why sergeant he said because you want your brewing that you want your drink and i get it but you know what um it was just a cold dad's army look at that. and mm-hmm. it's so naive and so childish but i was only what 14 or whatever it was mm-hmm. um and then we moved forward and you know living near burton Wood just out by in prescott in uh, south of liverpool it was a case of the romanticism of the whole yeah. air based look, and I, mm-hmm. that's really why I chose American. And you know what? It it was it's more readily available. I just didn't like the idea of the wolves and the whole yeah.
0: battle dress. Well, I think and, we've I think we we've been on about I mm-hmm. think our own exp- why we've done it a lot of times. And I think I want to really dive into Dill's questions and and get a little bit more into right. that the things he's asked. So I think initially. How go back to his core question initially? How do people yeah. who reenact another country's troops feel about it, and also the reverse? How do we feel about what other people doing British? <laughs> so how how do you feel when you know you see Americans or Canadians or uh, Dutch, German, Australians reenacting British troops? You know, so how does that make you feel when you're British doing American, a US, and you've got a Belgian person? Oh, a Dutch person being acting British. How, how you know? What do you think of that? How does it's?
1: It's an intriguing fact, and you know what? It's vice versa at the end of the day. But I do, and I have met, and we've had a guy in our in our own group who is an American who is more into the the British aspect, and it's you know we never actually questioned him. Why, what do I think though? Um, it's it's for a game. It's anyone's game. You know, do what you want to do. I'm intrigued to find out why Germans do what they do because. They are the enemy. There's a dark connotation behind all this. And I know we've touched upon this with one of our previous guests and we do know German reenactors, And, you know, the first thing a lot of people um, are going to ask are, are they, have they got real far right political motivations? A lot of people will ask that one. Um, And why not? If you see a guy walking down the street and he's wearing high heels and a skirt, you'll think he's gay. Okay, not necessarily, but that's your first thing. And that's what, it's a weird kind con- of, I know, let's make
0: these. Let's not go into that
1: ground here, Andy. Let's, no, let's, let's,
0: let's, let's stay out of the political world a little bit there. But the, there.
1: The, the thing is, the, the point is, it's about the impression and the connotation that you get from what you see. If you see somebody wearing a certain something, you get mm. this general impression. Um, I have seen reenactors at certain railway events and they have a swastika and that is questionable. Are you A, stupid, B, politically motivated which i hope you're not or see just naive and don't get it and is this just parade and fancy dress for you or if you're a real reenactor you would have talked to people at the bar you'd have got friends in their hobby you'd have been advised well you'd like to think so wouldn't you
0: you would, you would. You're not sure. But I'm, I'm gonna stick my neck out and go on uh, as as
1: I always do. And yeah, I'm going you gonna
0: will. say if I go back to Dale's Dale's initial thought there just now. No, I'll keep digressing. Go on. Do do how do I sort of feel about other people doing doing British stuff? Um I'm gonna say that I sort of withhold judgment. I think I mean one thing that it does do is it, mm-hmm. it I I judge it, whether I should or not. I mean, don't get me wrong, I will always be supportive to people, but because it's my country yeah it's where i'm from my family fought and died in this so i feel like i've got a more personal duty to to one of those people as we found out most recently um sorry the last couple of years just just doing yeah. that you know i feel this this protection of my family and and of, of my nation so i think when i see other nations portraying it they do it really really well it's it's heartwarming it makes me feel a sense of pride that people want to portray such you know my family members you know in essence i've seen um overseas reenactors reenacting some of my family's regiments and that is mm. you know it's touching I think it's really touching to sort of see that but it did I do criticize well not criticize but critique the the kit mm. the impression a lot more than I perhaps would with an American impression because it is it's my family it's my nation it's my country and I I would hope that every country feels that way but I, I don't necessarily think they do but that's that's probably where i am you know and i think if somebody does it badly then it, it really and like i said i will always support people but it really pisses me off i see a lot of people um reenacting british groups just terrible i mean you, you see it with any country it doesn't matter where you're from but you know if i see sort of like a, a an overseas group do, does it piss me off any more than a british group doing it in Is fact it, no it's the other way it pisses me off more when a british group does a british impression yeah. badly because i'm yeah. like well you, you've got all the tools available You know and it is your family if you're doing somebody else's family Mm -hmm. it's more like dress up right and there's a difference almost between dress up and homage to a degree and i think it should always be homage if it's your own country does that make sense no it does it's about the motivation
1: you know i think as you said you know it's it's your people it's your family history um you should hopefully get it correct or at least do the research for it um one can be forgiven uh only going back to 2019 in Normandy, we observed a group of chaps. I don't know what country they were from, but they were in US uniforms and they were wearing the leggings the wrong way around. Um, Well, one of them was, one of the chaps. Um, And it prompted a female reenactor in 40 civilian to go over and point it out to this young man and help him out. But they'd they'd gone all out and got decent reproduction and maybe one or two original items. You know, they weren't, smithies as we we like to say they'd gone to a a reasonable amount of current attention to get it okay but it's wearing it and how they wore it it's like Mm -hmm. i saw a photo this week that i was privy to okay my brother sent me a photo and said check this out it's somebody i know uh he had the berry on wrong way
0: who who does that it's just, it's just laziness, isn't it? I think it is lazy and you get that. And I think that's irrespective of whatever country um, mm. that you're from as well. But, you know, I think one of the the good questions that we had here, and I, I, I certainly think it puts a cat amongst the pigeons is, is, is dark attitude. 66 asks, um, do people or do they, uh, do they, sounds very, you know, oh, dark. Is it dark? They, it is dark. Do they, do they feel awkward around mm. their own veterans? Are mm-hmm. they, or do they even react, reenact their enemy? So oh, how, God, you yeah. know, how I've, and that, I think that was a turning point for me, you know, being, mm. doing American impressions and really enjoying it and not really questioning, questioning it at all. Yeah, And I still do us impressions. Don't get me wrong. But, um, do they feel awkward? around their own veterans and yeah. yes 100 you know completely mm. it was when and i hate, hate to sort of harp on and get about it again but no, on, we, m- we met some veterans at the Yorkshire wartime event and i ended up going to normandy with uh with, with a veteran and i remember him asking me why why do you reenact american I mean, he still thought it was great he thought it was brilliant that we mm. reenacted american but when he asked me i couldn't and he said why you why do you choose that over our boys and when he said "our boys," Oh, it just made me feel a sense of guilt. And I just thought like, well, you know, and then I come back on the, uh, on the ferry and we were chatting to all sorts of veterans, right. Cause we were filming and and documenting them as part of a, a wider project. And a lot of the veterans, and we would ask about reenacting just as a, you know, to, out of interest to see what they would say. And a lot of them were put, not going to say pissed off, but they were, they didn't, they questioned why, why would a British person want to reenact <sighs> that. US troops? And that did make me feel really awkward. And it sort of made me think, well, why am I chatting to these guys, you know, shaking their hand and telling them how, you know, thanking them for, for everything they've done and, and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And then yeah. I'm not wearing the same uniform that they did. And it just felt a bit like, well, this is
1: strange. Do you think that was one of the main motivations for you to do further research and buy into the British. uh, I think so.
0: I think that, you know, also, I think when you go to these places and you go with veterans, they tell you about it. You automatically Mm. just sort of think, well, I need to learn more about my own family's history. And this, this, you know, reoccurred at a similar sort of time. This was, this was 2017, but going back to 2015, my brother and I went to, to Europe, to France and to Belgium, to, to, to find the rest places of some of our um, great uncles and great, great grandfathers in world war one. Yeah. And I think again, when you go to these places and you see they the laid, you, you sort of start to think, well, hang on a second. Should I, you know, it feels we- a bit weird. Like I'll go all the way to Belgium and France to visit where they lost their lives, but I'll put on a different uniform. And you sort of yeah. think, well, if I'm going to that extent and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, you know, people don't have to do their ancestors or impressions that's that's not what i'm saying whatsoever you know it's i think it's, it's a hobby like we said it's great to do other things but i think for me personally yeah that's where the yeah that mentality came around and i still don't get me wrong i still feel a little bit awkward if i put an american kit now i'll, I'll wear it but i still feel a little bit like my head is jarred should i you know mm. i feel like I've, i need an excuse ready does that make sense
1: yeah yeah, no,
0: totally. I don't know if any other U.S. reactors feel like that way, but I'll be interested well, to, to to find well, out.
1: This is why I'm I'm finding it so well. I can't wait for It's Kirby. I'm going to say Kirby.
0: Okay, you're not going to say Kirby. It's Kirby. you're not it's coming.
1: Kirby. It's Kirby. We've already had this. And
0: I I'm I can't wait to it. go to oh, London, <laughs> the capital of England. London. It's such a wonderful place. London. It's London. Oh, no. Look forget it anyway
1: carry on anyway so what we've got this is this situation and i can't wait because it's the home it, it, you know it, it's a it's an rf base you've got it there it's you know i'm not i'm not gonna do american i'm not taking my american kit and i the other thing i was just going to say is um uh, I I had it on the tip of my tongue and then I realized I've got a little blister on the tongue because of this bottle. It it feels (laughs)
0: like you were going to say it's authentic, right? (laughs) It's authentic. Yeah. Okay. It's it's the whole thing of like you, because people see you, it's good. There's there's tanks that you've got the great uniforms going on. You've got a wonderful display. And then somebody speaks up with a, with a, with a Derbyshire accent. And it's like, oh, the illusion is gone. The bubble has burst, you know? And this great impression suddenly becomes like, Oh, Unless you put on the accent.
1: I've had experience, okay, from not a British reenactor, uh, sorry, a British veteran, but uh, an American veteran. And we'll go many years back and it was Band of Brothers, the uh, 506. It was about four of the veterans. And I went over to get my book, Stephen Ambrose's book, signed. And it was book Compton. And he shut my hand and he said in this kind of gruff American, accent he said, hey buddy why are you doing why are you reenacting why are you reenacting uh us and you're british like that he said, and I, I looked at him and i shook his hand and I, I just cold sweaty palm in this great big spade of a hand <laughs> this little boy you know and i stood there and thought yeah what a dick <laughs> not him me mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah, felt, yeah i felt and he wasn't being disrespectful he was not being disrespectful in any just way curious. he was curious and he was such a charming and um a nice guy and we had literally a, a couple of minutes of just little chat mm-hmm. while don malarkey sat uh, and forrest guth i think it was forrest guth i'm gonna get it wrong i'll have to check my book um and sat listening as I was talking, and and then we spoke about my dad, and national service, and my granddad in the navy. And I said, I just love the American kind of idealisation about what you were doing and why you were over here, and it's that kind of thing, you know. They were over here,
0: yeah, and yeah. yeah. I, mean, I was. was got out of it. I got out of it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to mention it, and I, I think I think to a degree that there, there is there is an element of authenticity in, in British yeah. people portraying <laughs> U.S. troops because, especially in the south of England, you know, I see I know a lot of U.S. Army Air Force reenactors in particular who live around uh, the south coast, Essex, Norfolk sort of way, where a lot of the U.S. Uh, Army Air Force bases were were actually stationed down there, and, and you know, and in those instances, yourself with Burton Wood, it makes sense to a degree because. In some of those areas, you had more U.S. troops around than you had British. And some of your family's tales are probably more of U.S. troops than they are of British. There's a lot of people who have got stories about um, their grandmothers and great aunties and whatnot having, uh, you know, relationships of Mm -hmm. of some kind with U.S. troops. So I think to a certain degree that I I understand that. And I think sometimes I think I I applaud those things a little bit. You know, if it's it's something local to you, it's almost as, you know, it's almost as authentic and as strong as doing... you know, your local regiment to a degree because they were stationed there. So I think that's like always there.
1: Yeah. Uh, The thing is as well, it's, it's like a little bit of Hollywood coming, you know, these guys with the big shiny white teeth and the tanned and the hair and everything else. They were very different to what obviously Mm -hmm. we portray or when you see British, uh, Tommy soldiers, you know, in Book the film sort
0: of things. Yeah, It
1: yeah. is, it, unfortunately yeah. it, it, I don't know that's not the realization of it, of course, but certainly, you know, that they, they come across and then it was that I'm, my dad's tales. So that's where I was coming from. But, um, we'll dig a little bit deeper and try and figure out what the hell yeah. is the most, you
0: yeah. know, this motivation well, I, for, but the other thing now, I actually appreciate some of the, the my own country stuff how smart mm. it is you know and again i don't want to stack up drawing lines between different impressions and why one's better than another but you know i think i start to appreciate the smartness of it but it's the heritage but next next part of the other question anyway is mm. um i i've lost my little bit here where is it do, 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 do. Oh, i've lost my little bit here, here. um do, 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 do. oh this is terrible i'll do a little song and dance don't worry you do a little song and think- dance. Well,
1: okay. What I'll say is I've got this great book here. Ah, um, there it is. There oh, it is. Oh, go, uh, go on Sorry. Yeah.
0: Sorry. I'll, I'll bring it. this in found later. It. Go on. Found it, found it. So mm-hmm. let's say you, you're you doing an impression. Do you think that if you're reenacting a different country, you research more than if you're doing your wrong country? So, you know, if you're doing a US impression, do you research that more because it's not your own country and it's not sort of naturally ingrained. Or would you? Or do people research more if it is their own country because it means more to them? What do you I think? think
1: I, I think you you should and you probably will do more research um, about it because it's obviously a different kit, you know. And you, you can't just use British and mix and match and do whatever it is you you've got maybe readily available that like you picked up on a car boot sale a few years back, you know. So you you've got to do that research. I've been, um. I'm guilty of going to an army Navy shop here in Liverpool and picking up a a Dutch class A thinking it was a, or looked like a class A uniform. That was when I first got into it. What many years back? Um, and thinking, I looked at B's knees and my dad took a photo on the top of the stairs. Oh, that's gear that lad. Oh, wait, when, when's your next event? When are you going to an event? Which of course, you know, I'm glad I never did in this outfit. I didn't do the research. I did not do the research. It just looked like what I'd seen in a film. Mm-hmm. And you should do your research, of course. And I think, me, I'm finding it difficult to do the British research. Um, I am researching, and I've got the paraphernalia around me, and I'm asking yourself questions. Um, but it's just a different area that I'm getting into. And I'm honourable enough to try and get it right, or will get it right. A lot of reenactors make mistakes. When I first walk out in my... New kit at East Kirby. I will get it right one hundred percent on that day. No one will be able to pick me up on anything. That is as good. far as a, good. That is where I am aiming. I'm not literally. Oh, next time you try this or do that, you know. I picked up some um, deck boots. Mm-hmm. Okay, RF uh, deck boots. I had the opportunity to buy some 1940 original, but was kind of advised, look, you know what? They, they are rare. You not really want to wear them because they're a bit immaculate. But also, somebody had studied them put studs in the bottom and someone pointed out to me they never had studs in because you would have been walking around an aircraft on the wings, etc. So you wouldn't want to damage it. It's that little detail. I thought, yeah, that's pretty right. You know, I've kind of probably read that somewhere along the line, but it's that little, it's that detail. Mm-hmm. And so on, you know, they, they haven't got a steel toe cap. You know, I didn't know that and I wasn't going to make that
0: mistake. Yeah. So, I mean, I think research in general is, hmm. I don't think we can slapstick it and just sort of say, you know, people that reenact their own or home countries research more than if they're doing another one. I'd, I think it comes to a case by case reenactor. And I think you either the kind of person yeah. that researches regardless of your impression, or I think you're just the kind of person that either does what your unit commander tells you to, yeah. or you're the kind of person that just watches Band of Brothers and finds the closest best thing that's on Google, you know, and I don't know if they're listening, but there is there's a, a group very very local to me, and it's a shame that they are absolutely appalling and atrocious. And really? they attend a lot of the local events around me, and I will certainly mm. see them next weekend. And it's it's embarrassing. What are they getting it's, wrong, Fitch? What are they getting it, wrong? What are they getting right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I will, I will, I will support them, but you know, it's it's a group of um, about fifteen guys, and I won't okay. I won't name the unit, no, no, but there there are British reenactors, there are US reenactors, and they all do different kind of units, and it's it's just it's the standard stuff. It's it's just a, I'll buy this from China because it's cheaper than it's cheaper than Soldier of Fortune, and you and you're a bit like hmm, but anyway, you know, you you're either one of these people who just you. You, you more bothered about the bangs and the crashes and the, the wheeling around in jeeps and cigars. as We've talked about it so many times, and you have about the research. And I don't think that comes down to reenacting your own country or another country. I just think it comes down to what kind of reenactor you are, you know. And we all talk about it. You go through mm. this, you go through this breaking in period of of getting shit wrong before you move on. And I think that's just that's that's not like a whether you reenact in your own country or a different country. I'd love to yeah. think it was, but I just Trump. don't think it is. I just think those people just don't give a shit ultimately. No,
1: I, I, I think there's an age thing possibly with it mm-hmm. also Agreed. and a maturity. Um, I was a kid when I started as a kid, I'm in my 20s. Um, and I was given some pretty shitty advice. i um, told, those boots will do. And that word will do. Yeah. It will not do. Don't ever listen. If anyone says it'll do, it really won't do. Because it will leave the group. Join a different Just group. Just get out of it. Get out of Dodge because you're going to make yourself look a divvy and end up on some kind of farb site, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Well, again, again, the age thing I sort of agree with, because that resonates with me, you know, as the years mm. have gone on, I've, I've, yeah. I've started to care more about it. I will, years ago, I would have I would never have spent £10 on a button because it was the right button. You know, a set of buttons, £10 each, there's 13 of them, yeah. 14 of them, 140 quid, £80 to get a, ch- a jacket tailored. I wouldn't have done that years ago. One, because I wouldn't have had the money, but secondly, because I didn't care enough. But yeah. then at the same time, you get people who are 50s, They've got the disposable income to do it. They've got the time to do the research, but they just don't want to. So again, I think as much as that is prevalent, I think, again, if you're just not that kind of person, you're just, you're just not going to do it. So I think there is to a degree, but we shall see. And uh, another another element that, that was asked here, how do your family or how, does, how, how, do, well, how do their families feel about them reenacting a different country?
1: Well, well, well. I mean, I've heard of uh, some nightmarish stories of... Uh, people putting their, their washing out late at night so no one would see it during the day. If it was German, for instance, I've heard of that in little stories. Uh, you just don't want someone knocking on your door. Why well, have you got a swastika? But, you, but your
0: family in particular. So how, how did and you, family. Know, you, you talk about your dad in national service, right? Mm-hmm. How did your dad feel about you wearing US kit knowing that he'd served? He totally encouraged it. Um, okay. He encouraged
1: it because again, he, he'd been brought up back in the 30s and I guess the 40s as well, watching um, Westerns. So that little bit of Hollywood. And he remembers in Heighton where he lived, you know, seeing the GIs uh, in charge of the internment camp there. Uh, he, he was given sweets at, on occasion. And of course his sister, my auntie, who's still alive in the late 90s, went out with a GI and had a baby. So that's another story. Um uh, So yeah, we just think it's what did he think? Yeah. He encouraged it. Um, he also said the outfit, uh, the, the BDs, the uniform, as he called it was just itchy. He, he said, Oh, you don't be to be wearing that it's a bloody load of crap. He did wear it in Hong Kong mind, but you know, me, you know, but let's, let's talk about you. Okay. So you've done American and you've got family members right now, currently serving. Uh, how, what is their opinion being of you?
0: Uh, it's a strange one because my my father served uh, for uh, around twenty five years now, um, maybe actually longer than that. I think yeah, it's it'll be longer than twenty twenty seven, twenty eight now. Um, long time, uh, not massive. He's he's very interested in the Arnhem thing because his his uncle served in good. Arnhem. Oh. Um, and I've got his tie just over there, which is lovely, but, um, he's, he's more interested. I've got the British stuff, but he's not that interested in, in, in hist- historic stuff. I mean, I think he appreciates the fact that I do British more, but mm-hmm. I think probably just more got- my, my grandfather, um, and without delving too much into it sort of thing, mm-hmm. he was never really that interested when I did the, the American stuff, I would bring stuff around and he would just be a bit like, Oh, whatever sort of thing. Uh, okay. And when I have brought Enfield round, the Bren round, you know, and this is a man who, without again, getting too much into it, is not interested in anything. He's at that stage in life where he's lost his wife and he's not interested in anything, yeah. you know, other than passing the time away to go to bed, you know, and that's it. He took the Bren round, he took the Enfield round and it comes alive again. You know, I've got a video of him, which I posted uh, on Instagram of him dry firing the Bren and, and aiming mm. and everything and the position that he is laid down in on the floor, right? And he's cocking and... The, the action that he used. So if anyone's got a brand, they realize when you cock it, you can push the handle back, but all the little things that he learned, he pulled, hand, the, push, sorry, he pulled the handle back, he pushed it forward, and then he clicked it back in again with this action, as though it was yesterday, he was taught how to do it. Oh. You know, um, I'm, go- go- I'm going off on a tangent, but no, no, he, not he was never interested. And as soon as I started, me and my brother talked about doing the Dunkirk March and doing mm. it for, for our Willie who passed away in the, in, in May in 1940 and for, um, for Sep who, who went through the lot, who went through, um, North Africa and Sicily and Normandy, uh, for, uh, for Titch, who was in Burma, um, and talking about doing these impressions for them and talking about getting the details right and stuff. And, yeah. you know, and he's interested, he's engaged. He's, he's, you know, he's proud he's really proud. And he, he tells my family of, of that pride of, of us doing it, you know, um, of the commitment to doing it, Whereas yeah. if I put the same level of commitment into the US side, he's just sort of thinking, mm, well, it's just, it's just a game. But when he sees what I've, you know, I've been to some of the local cemeteries and done services for RF crews. And when he sees that and he sees the British thing and the, and the boys, as he calls them, the local boys, our boys, our family, there's a sense of pride there. And I think that drives me, you know? So I think that's part of my thing is that my family feel a lot more positive, proud, encouraging of it when it's, Closer to home. Yeah.
1: A lot of our boys um, in the group, because we obviously reenacted uh, American for a long time. I never really had that discussion about their family members. You know, I've never really, we've no, I've never delved around the campfire about, why is so-and-so, what do you, does your wife think? What does your friends think? I mean, to be fair, I think the whole idea and the concept of reenacting to my friends, and certainly my family and my colleagues who know I do it, um, I've never had any adverse reaction, but I've had oh, he's dressing up again, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've become just like yourself, more confident and more comfortable in my uh arena and mm-hmm. my age. And I'm proud to call myself a reenactor because a of what we do, like you said, you know, mm-hmm. you've done the uh, com- you've committed yourself to com- uh, commemoration and the events, but it's about what we do and how we do and mm-hmm. talk to the veterans about the rem- yeah. remembrance. Um, and for me that's what I do and want to do and want to pursue with the
0: British mm-hmm. and the RAF look, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm so excited about, as you all know. Um mm. Do you think that, that conversation with other people becomes an easy conversation? I and we've talked about this before.
1: Mm. How do you explain
0: what your hobby is and what you do to people? Do you not think that conversation becomes a lot easier when it's it's from a place of closeness? In that I mean it's a local yes. regiment, it's yes. a, it's a family member. That conversation just it becomes so much more natural, and, and it's less. drilling. I feel less embarrassed to talk yeah. about it. we're now
1: drilling down now to actually yeah. what this core of the question is, and mm. with the American, it's yes, it's about
0: the romanticism and what you but saw in the film. But films. it's not even just the American, is it? I guess it, we're talking okay. about like that the whole that relationship between if you are from a country doing your own country sort of thing. Okay. You know that element. I guess you know, okay. if you're the American doing American. Okay, uh, let's Local play
1: Pull it in, pull it in. We were nearly there with this. Uh, we, no, this was getting really good. It's actually getting really quite, um, intense. No, uh, I feel more comfortable about talking that I'm doing British and RAF um, reenactments and that it's about honoring and respecting the fallen of our family members and neighbors and countrymen. And I think the people I talk to certainly my work colleagues, because my friends don't give a shit. <laughs> they Don't give a damn. They just don't get it. And they're like, Hey, it's cool. But Hey, there you go. But my colleagues are a little different because I work with them. And because I'm in a professional capacity, they do question it a lot more than my mates in the pub. And I feel comfortable saying what I do now. Um, mm-hmm. I've done for a long time. I'm still comfortable about saying American, but they still call that one dress up.
0: Whereas it's well, a little bit is, different. Which- which is sort of is, isn't it? Mm. I think I would encourage I every reenactor to dip their toe in their home countries the or as close top. to, or at least, you know, yeah, as close to as, as possible. I understand that some people are, are from Peru and maybe mm. I'm not sure mm-hmm. about Peru's involvement in World War II, but um you know what I mean? And I, I guess, I mean, it's quite difficult, you know, if if you are you know, Belgian, Dutch, very limited, maybe kit available, limited Mm. uh, impression during that time that you could really do. So I I do understand the limitations for some, but I would encourage people to to try and and to do something as close to the home. And I, you know, I guess to an extent, if you are French, Belgian, Dutch, you probably have a closer relationship to the British than the British do with the Americans, because you were liberated by some of those forces. You know, I think there's that strong feeling in France and Normandy of, of, of all allied troops of of um of, of just that gratitude for for what they did and i think you know you go to honor and you see how those people feel they see the sacrifice of the thousands of troops that were that were taken prisoner or injured or killed over there you know they, there's this deep sense of gratitude the flags are there 365 days a year so i think almost for french belgian dutch troops troops reenactors um british impressions are almost as authentic as, as we are because it's sort of that is, that is them paying tribute and homage to their liberators, you know? Yeah. So it's almost like that is, without doing their own country's thing, it's almost like that thanks, that homage again, but to the direct liberators, you know, in that sense.
1: It is. I'm uh, just contemplating what, what you were talking about. I think, um, I mean, it, there's so many little faster little things going on here with multifaceted directions that we can go with dale's question um it's a shame that have, we haven't actually got somebody who is obviously reenacting a different mm. country mm. to have a, a third opinion although we do know one or two chaps and we've had chats in the past and things uh, we can only summarize what they've said and yes neighbors or friends or family have found it a bit odd even mm. work colleagues and some people are, unfortunately keep it quiet because they have to i mean is that a, another thing that we should take into account you know our own professional lives and is it a case of it's not your business attitude or should and we be shouting it, from
0: the rooftops it, each each to their own isn't it you know mm. it's it's a, it's a sensitive world i think you've got to be oh yeah you know, you, you've got to make your own rules around that but the, the world is getting um yeah ever more conflicting here and there. And i think you, you do mm. have to be careful but if uh, i've got a question for you andy as well i wanted i was interested in Cool. So we've talked about this uh, this idea of, of becoming more accustomed and, and growing mm. towards your home impressions. But are there any overseas impressions that you still want to do? That you need to get? That you want to get into? That you want to try next? And and what's the motivation for doing those overseas impressions?
1: <sighs> um,
0: you know what? No, there isn't actually. Um, mm. And
1: and that's just it's a no answer. But I think I, I've always. I've always liked the German Wehrmacht look, I must admit. And it is about the look. And yes, it's not about any other, anything else to be fair. It's a total soul vanity project. That's all it is. You know, um, I put a tunic on many years back and looked at myself and thought, oh my God, you know, it's when you put something on that's not normal, not an everyday piece of attire. You walk differently. You feel differently. You stand differently. Um, and I've had that conversation with the people we have had that conversation and you do, you, you find yourself in a bit of a transform transported into a world. And you know, you can't slouch in certain uniforms. I've put the ref stuff on and I can't slouch. I have to stand up straight because I'm literally a wearing a very tight tunic. I have put a few pounds on, but you, you don't slouch. You, you can't slouch. You don't want to slouch. You want to wear that proud. In terms of kind of any other nation that, yeah, just maybe German, not interested in Japanese um, for, you know, the Dutch, the French, just never come across my path. And I think that's totally because also our friends don't portray that. So you'd be kind of stood out alone. Mm -hmm. And we as a band of brothers as such like to pursue the hobby together and not kind of stand out and go, Oh, I'm going to do this. And Mm -hmm. Hope you don't mind, but when we go to the bar tonight, I'm going to be dressed as so and so, you know, mm-hmm. and a Norwegian uh, soldier or whatever it might be. But mm. no, I, but okay. I admire and I applaud certain reenactors who literally go and do finish reenacting for instance you mm-hmm. know and different yeah, looks
0: yeah. yeah yeah i quite like that i quite like what people just mm. go out there and just do something that is completely against the norm just because they find it interesting i think we had we had amy on um on episode three i think it was very very early yeah. days in the podcast and she talked a lot about finish reenacting mm. um i know we've got a couple of other um listeners that have talked about finish reenacting and you know we, we'd love to chat about that for them um what about I you that, you know what about I mean, you? Got, have you have
1: you thought about doing a look
0: um, I mean, I've still got more overseas impressions I want to do, you know. Mm. Um, and I've got a slightly differing view in that I, as much as as a group, you know, you, you can't have a group that does a hundred impressions. Mm. But on a personal note, I think for me, the more I explore different areas and impressions, the, the more I learn about the hobby, the more I learn about the people, the more I learn about the history. Um, and it, I just I love collecting. I've I've almost I've become a collector over the last year or two because of the lockdown, the pandemic, just as much as I have a reenact out. But previously, as long as I had my car kit, I wasn't interested in anything else. And now I'm like, ooh, look at that a button that <laughs> I haven't got. Or, You know, I find myself with radios and shell cases and, and medals and all sorts of Plus stuff right, that, I, yeah, d- that I didn't collect. And But anyway, going away from that. Um, mm, cool. Yeah, like new things. I like experiencing different uniforms, like you've mentioned, the way they make you feel when you put them on, how they look, sourcing a different kit. It's an exciting journey for me. Um, I had a terrible experience today related to one of my impressions that I'm nearly completing. I mm-hmm. bought a, an Eastman A2 jacket, my really? size, great price. I did, but the guy obviously didn't get enough money for it as he wanted because it was quite a good deal, and he cancelled it within three minutes of me purchasing it and said it was uh, out of stock. Come on! So anyway, <laughs> that pissed me off. So if you're listening, you fucking dick. But anyway, carrying on. <laughs> oh um, my God us army air force was, was yeah. what that impression's for I'm I've, I've got pretty much everything i need for that aside from the flying kit um that's something i want to do the marine corps is something else that i've mm. i keep wanting to dip my toe into and try a bit more of what's the motivation behind those things it's something different it's something new it's i want to do that i mean it's british again but the far east uh burma I had a family oh, served there very but, good from the us side of things us army air force is is nearly nearly done but i want to do the marine corps i want to explore uh, just all of that side you know it's completely different um we've never done that it's not really done in in europe never seen a lot of it to be fair
1: maybe a small group of maybe four lads dug into a a trench at um
0: victory show or somewhere Mm. you know i've very rarely seen it yeah exactly just interesting it sort of makes you know it's curious i'm thinking well i've done Rangers, I've done 83rd Infantry, I've done 28th Infantry. Yeah, of course. You know, I've done 101st Airborne, it's like, okay, I've done all these British things, what, what haven't I done? What can I try? What's would you, do? would you try we, we're obviously talking about
1: nations, but we've looked at the the English-speaking nations, America and obviously Great Britain, but what about another country? Have you actually thought, have you thought about another no i
0: haven't um again i just german just doesn't float my boat and i think it's it's just one the political thing i think i just i just couldn't risk i just yeah i do in the it, it i'm not saying that it's wrong for people to do it i just think it's it's not for you it's not for me and i just think the again my family you know i'm a, a very proud family man and just what my family might think i feel a bit uncomfortable having things in the house that i mm you know, just for what other people might think. And I know that's really, really sad because it's still history. But I feel really conscious about having those items about what people might think of me, you know. But no, I'm just not that interested. I think it's just because it's like the Allied thing, you know, okay. it's, okay. it's what I'm proud of. I'll ask you so. this. Um, I don't know if
1: I'm going off piste with this one. Okay, so what do you think about um, families who go to events and they're reenacting a German look? I think you know where we're going with this, yeah. and you might find um, a girl we who's reenacting the League of the German Maidens, Little
0: Helga, or someone like that. Yeah, or, uh, Little Helga, little, little in a brown jacket. What other German names can we think of? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Again, Fraut, again, each, lady, each, it? each, each to their own. Each their own. Um, well, not their motivation is. It's a very strange trying, thing to do. I bringing. Guess. In ki- I think the question about bringing kids into it is really, really interesting. Is it, is it any worse than bringing, bringing somebody in as a kid to do Look. British or American? I, I I don't, I don't know. Worse is maybe the wrong word. I'm not sure. Does it feel right to me to allow I don't know. There's a guy, I mean, Eddie, one of the lads who comes on uh, our, our Zoom calls every now and then, young kid at school, does German yeah. reenacting. Absolutely fine. I've got no issues with it. Is that, can that haunt them? You know, could, could somebody portray that the wrong way, potentially? Should that stop us? No. Is it something to be aware of? Yes. Um, would I put my kids in that situation? No. I, I can't tell you exactly why, but I would I would hate for my kids to grow up with a view that they are likely to have given the, um, given the moral compass that, you know, it, the moral compass is, is pointing in, in a very particular direction over the years and it will continue to in, in years to come. And I would hate for my kids to grow up and resent me for putting them in something that they perhaps mm. didn't understand is probably what I'm getting at. There's a very interesting debate you know around the whole german reenacting thing and again i've, I've got no issues with it personally but no. i wouldn't like to make that decision for my child before they really understand what they're wearing you know and i think if you if you're wearing anything you need an understanding of it and i'm not saying it's right to put them in british or american you know to force them to do anything but yeah you know i, I, I would hate to, to see a child be 16 17 18 and think hang on a second you put me in that and, and and looking back, I, I didn't want, why did you put me in that? I didn't want to wear it. You know, I resent my mum for sticking me in Mickey Mouse shorts and t-shirt going to primary school. You know, I've still got this horrible feeling of embarrassment from being in year two and walking into the assembly hall, seeing my other, my twin brother in Mickey Mouse as well. I so I can only imagine yep. if I got to eighteen, twenty, 20 and my mum showed me a picture of me dressed as what I might perceive to be in later life as something negative or uh, potentially disgusting. You know, you don't you don't get that. Well, for me, there's there's an element of back then, back
1: in the day in the the mid to late thirties, these kids were effectively forced into it by their mm-hmm. parents and also the regime that they were a part of. You know, they were it wasn't a choice, so you know you had to join these clubs. It was, you know, I'm not going to say that you had to. Actually, I don't know enough about that, so it was strongly encouraged, right? Strongly encouraged. However, I've been to an event, um, Ironbridge, about four years back, and I went in uh, uniform. Um, my wife went in civilian outfit, and my two little boys dressed up. Again, it wasn't all authentic. It was just a look. It wasn't a great big event and we just thought we'd do it for the day. And as we walked across um, nearby the bridge, I heard this comment and I've never heard anything like it before. And it was, I'll I'll use the language. I fucking hate it when the parents make the kids do it. And I didn't look kind of peripheral vision. I looked over and I, I saw this woman with her kids and, you know, daddy in tow and a pram and all the rest of it. And I, I thought, oh my God, that's what they think, you know, and it's the only time I've ever mm-hmm.
0: thought I didn't make it's them It's a fair point. It is it's a fair, fair point, point, but the kids just, you know, it wasn't making them. I didn't make them do no, it. They, it like- there's a fine line, isn't there, between <laughs> in, encouraging, you know, and hopefully one day I'll have my own kids mm. and, you know, hopefully they'll be interested. And I've always said this to myself, that if I, if I had kids one day and they showed an interest organically. Yes. Okay, then I would I would encourage them and I would I'd give them everything and more that they wanted in this world because to share that hobby yeah. with a child for oh. me would probably be the it would be the pinnacle of my life, I think, to share the hobby with a child. And you know, I'm I'm not I'm not that lucky just yet. But um you know but I think if they if if they on the flip side if they didn't show that interest, then I would absolutely respect that through mm-hmm. my potential relationship with said child that doesn't exist yet. You know, <laughs> um but I guess you can speak probably more from a place of, uh, authenticity, given the fact that you've got kids. So, you know, how, how if your kids shown an interest and how, you know, and you know, again, if your kids decided or wanted to do German yeah. or uh, Polish or you know, Japanese, Chinese, American, what would you say to them? And would you steer them or would you let them do what they needed, wanted to do or, um, I, I'd encourage, um,
1: i I encourage, you know, going back to like young Eddie, you know, I think it's very admirable that like he's got this hobby and, you know, you speak to him and he talks to him and he does, he sits in the, uh, the Zoom meetings that we have and he, he puts his hand up like he's in school and he shouldn't have to do that. You don't have to do that, Eddie, ever. Uh, we're all friends together um, and he does, he does what he does. And I, God, I love him for it. I think, you know, this kid goes out there He's got a hobby. He's got a passion and an interest. And you know what? He comes online with us, with the rest of the community, and he sits and gives his own. He asks questions. He answers questions. And he sits there until, I think last one we were on until about one, two o'clock in the morning, chatting away. <laughs> his later. mum was probably uh, sitting there, like, you shut up next door. What's going on here at a party? And I think, what a guy, you know, what a passion when he's mates are all out having special brew in the park.
0: Mm-hmm. Agree.
1: Not being judgmental.
0: <laughs> Agreed. Well, I think we got to the bottom of that one, Andy.
1: No, I think we did. It's an interesting um, topic and one that I just want to show you. And um, I don't like advertising books. I won't give the name of the book, but it's it's this fantastic little book. that. Um, okay, I'll give it. It's, it's by Jim Norton. It's called Reenactors. It's a beautiful book that details portrait photography of different nationalities, different reenactors. They were all taken at an event that we were both at. Were you at the event? I've the- been to said event, whether it was actually that, yeah, okay. I'm not. Sure. Well, I was at that, and I'm in the book um, on several pages. And for me, it's a beautiful account of the diversity. And that's what I like. I like the diversity. And a lot of these reenactors in this book, I know personally, and they are British doing German. There's a, I think it's a French, there's a a young girl in there. I did actually meet at the event. I met her family and she, that's why I pulled that one up. It's, it's a beautiful, and that, you know what? We'll go back to that word diversity. We're in, we're 21st century and we've got a diverse culture going on. So really we should be exploring this. And if reenactments is about looking at different nationalities and reenacting what you want to do passion wise, uh, exploratory, tree. Knowledge, go ahead and do it. You know and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we need. That's what it's about enjoyment.
0: Yeah, I think it summarised for me. I think mm. uh, I, I, there's, there's, there's no right or wrongs at all. Um, no. I would implore people to uh, to explore a, a an impression or a nation which means a lot to them. Be that mm-hmm. their home nation, be it a nation that was stationed locally to them, or for whatever reason, be it the fact that it was it was liberated by them. There's no right or wrong, ultimately. I think just do what you're passionate about. Yeah. You know, whatever Under-based. it is. Whether, yeah. And whether that is 101st Airborne or, and it's it's just because you love Band of Brothers or whether it is, mm. um, who knows, whatever it might be, some sort of very obscure regiment because your family served in them. Just, like you mentioned, just do it with passion, do it with love, do it right. Integrity. Yeah. Integrity, great word. Just, just do it correctly, do it right. You know, and whatever you're doing, if you're listening, please just put the extra level of effort in and have your excuse ready when you speak to a veteran or when the veterans are gone, it'll be us. So have excuse. you know what I'm going
1: to do? I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it on the line. I'm going to, I don't know if I should do this, Richie. I don't know if I should do this. You put your foot in it now. Okay. Um, I'm going to get to East Kirby with my impression and I will put it out there to anybody who wants to try
0: and find fault. But you know that, but that's, but that, I think that's something we should be imploring people to do anywhere. Let's see. You know, <laughs> I'm going to think CP is going to come
1: straight up with a magnifying yeah. <laughs> glass.
0: But you know what? As long as it's not one-upmanship, no, then I think it's absolutely it's fine. There's, there's a difference between constructive support constructive and criticism than there yes. is to one-upmanship, and I can't stand one-upmanship. So all you one-uppers. <laughs> No, it's two up. You little buggers. Two up, one down. (laughs) Anyway, it's 9pm and uh, I'm going to maybe enjoy another beer because it's nearly the middle of the week and that means it's nearly two days away from my first event in about two years. I I can't
1: believe you've got me on uh, a Doom Bar beer I've not drank in the week for a while and this physique, I'm trying to get it down to my original size, 32 waist. And I've always been about thirty-eight chess. What are you? What chess do you? Thirty-eight. Yeah, I've, I've got same up as up everybody else. Shut up! Oh yes, I've come down. I've gone up slightly, and I need to come down. I'm doing well. Doing well.
0: Good man. We'll keep it going. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening once again. Mm. That was episode forty-five. We will be back very soon with episode forty-six uh, in the next couple of episodes. We are going to explore Austin's uh, war room. So, if you did listen on a previous episode. Yes. Um, we, we did talk about Austin's collection. We showed it on a, a live uh, Zoom call that we had a few weeks ago, and it was it blew everybody away. Um, so Austin lives a couple of miles away from me. I was around his house again last week uh, looking at his fantastic collection, and we are going to run a, a live episode with, with myself in Austin's house, Andy, on the live, and we're going to discuss Austin's collection, and he's going to pick out his favorite 10 or 20 items that have yeah. historical significance in his collection. Um, and we're just going to blow everybody away and just really, and, and and hopefully we can maybe do this with other guests around the world as well. And mm. you can show us your collections, your favorite five, 10 pieces that you've got something different to me. So, so if you have something that isn't a pair of HPTs or a battle dress, some sort of real historical significance. I'll give you an example. I met a guy in mm-hmm. Normandy who had Himmler's watch. No right? Himmler's watch. He had insane, right him there's what she had so i want to we, we want to speak to people who've got in, incredible pieces of collection rare items get in touch with us let's get you on the podcast let's share your collections off on youtube uh, and on spotify and everywhere else as well fantastic lovely stuff well from a very tanned andy and a very tanned myself <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you all again very very soon well done again to the winner of our competition Civil War Nut 1861 get yourself a World War 2 Instagram name and you might win more even next time <laughs> get in touch with us we will send your parcel out and we'll put another competition up very very soon but for now it's goodbye from me
1: good time good night for you, <laughs> it's
0: good well, night for you. we, we need one of them Don't, we need an ending uh, we we'll, we'll come up with an ending anyway <laughs> yeah. ta-ra see you, see then, you later guys thank Bye-bye. you